Welcome to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Radio Show, Tuesday morning, Phoenix, Arizona. Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris, Cindy Liska. Cindy, your mic okay? Uh, it wasn't the mic, it was the ears. It was. Okay. Well, either way, welcome to the show. We have another great show planned for you today. A lot to talk about Tiger Woods, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, maybe a little uh, helmet rule controversy in the major leagues. Down and Dirty with Deborah, I believe, will be discussing... Uh, Sergio Garcia and uh, and the blame game. It's okay, Deborah. How's everything going with you this week? Good. Uh, got the book done, done, done. Off to the uh, uh, off to the publishers. I'm really happy about that. Heading out to uh, Myrtle Beach next week again, so I won't be on the show. But uh, Do things are looking good. <laughs> yeah, room. No, sorry. <laughs> so sorry. Packing light. Yeah, that's good, Cindy. How was your weekend? How's everything going? I was good. Good Mother's Day. I started working at the uh, D-backs. Yeah? How's so, that going? Fun. It was fun. Yeah? It's a great, it's a good organization, so it was fun. Good people. Good. And they're, uh, that division's a little muddled still, so they might have a chance to come out on top. I mean, it's going to take some work, but... They're right there with the Giants, so... Yeah, we'll see what happens with them. It's uh, losing Justin Upton and seeing how well he's doing must be kind of a mm-hmm. sting in the side of the organization, but... We'll see. That's not a far cry from what Phoenix sports normally is like. Uh, mostly, with, mostly with the Suns getting rid of talent and have them, uh, you know, exceed expectations in other locations. But uh, we'll digress. We'll talk about something positive to start off. Tiger Woods wins at TBC Sawgrass. A lot of controversy again this week surrounding Tiger with another questionable drop, with shuffling of the clubs in Sergio's backswing. Uh, but yeah, so he wins. He's 53 and 4 when sharing the lead with a tie or leading going into the final round. Uh, he was tied with Sergio going into the 17th hole of the famed Island Green at TBC Sawgrass. Tiger went par par on 17 and 18, and Sergio Garcia went quadruple bogey, double bogey to drop all the way to eighth. Now, this isn't, this isn't abnormal for Sergio Garcia. He's definitely been known to falter late in tournaments when the pressure is on, especially being alongside Tiger. People say that Tiger is not a force to play with anymore. He's not he he's not the Tiger that he used to be, blah, blah, blah. He's still intimidating, and obviously uh, it, it got to Sergio. And I think Sergio really, his mental mindset, his mental strength has always kind of been maybe his Achilles heel. He's uh, touted as the most talented player to never win a major. I mean, it, I guess... Uh, it's kind of like, well, you're the best second-place player that there is, which, I mean, it isn't maybe the best uh, helmet to wear or hat to wear. But, uh, you know, Tiger, he's won four out of seven tournaments this year. For anybody else, it would be top story news. But it's kind of like a regular season team, like the Suns in the early in the middle 2000s when they were a great a regular season team but didn't uh, succeed in the playoffs. Is that what it's like with Tiger? Are these regular season games, quote-unquote, and he won't, he won't be quote unquote back until he wins a major, which would be equated to a playoff game. I'm going to count the number of quote unquotes we're going to do. That, that was only two. <laughs> um, the one thing that I like about Tiger is you can see con- the continued determination um, on the course and 
the difference in the interviews that he's giving. Um, there's a laugh, there's laughing, there's fun, there's, you know, he's still focused, but at the same time, I feel that he's shifted his game from the way he used to play to a new way of playing, and he's finding that it's starting to work for him. Yeah, so, so he's kind of adhering to his age, and, and not so much his, his crazy mental, mental strength that he used to have before all the fallout and all the, all the stuff that came out about the, the, uh, the adultery and all that stuff. Yeah, I think he's he's um, repositioning who he is in life. You know, now that uh, and again, I, I truly think that part of his problem, a lot of his problem before, was due to his father passing away, mm-hmm. and he didn't he lost some stability that he used to have, and he didn't know what to do. So he tried. You know, he re- reached out a number of other ways to try to find that. And now with the relationship, I think he's got uh, a better relationship with his kids, and he's restructuring what's important to him. Cindy, you still hate him. Yeah. Didn't he have another ball drop issue again this weekend? Too? He did. He did. And this was interesting because you could definitely see in my in my thoughts, they're kind of it's kind of a makeup call from from last uh, from the from the Masters. And this call was made by the players in the group. Mm-hmm. So the rookie, the, the unknown name in the group of Sergio and him kind of saw he saw where the where the ball flew over, flew over land into the into the water. And the, the kid made the call. And this wasn't a Marshall call. This wasn't a. It was just interesting how the rules are so different, and how this this went to Tiger's favor when it could have cost him the Masters with the other rule with the people calling in. Comey, what do you think about that drop rule? Well, I don't think anybody should be. I think the drop rule uh, is left up to the players. It's supposed to be an integrity sport. I think every sport should be an integrity sport. But if the players uh, think it's a fair drop, uh, both of them coincide with that. Uh, on other than that, have a marshal with you, then play the game. Yeah, I mean, and these marshals aren't even getting paid, so there's there's no real. What well, they got? No re- PGA generates so much money they can pay these guys, and they also donate a lot of money. I want right. to say they agree the organization. They make so much money that they can pay those marshals, and those marshals that are out there need to know the rules. They have to know the rules, or they can't be marshals. Yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah, that's what it goes down to is knowing the rules. You know, whether you're paid or not, if you're going to be in that position where it could cost somebody some major money. You better know what you're talking yeah, about. I mean, Golf has more rules than just about any sport, too, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, and it's also etiquette involved. Yeah. So that's another rule where, because this kid could have, he could have lied. Right. He could have got a competitive advantage for himself, but yeah. he said that this is where it flew over. I don't, I don't yeah. think, I don't think, uh, <clears throat> I don't think, uh, anybody, like, if you was dropping a ball and I say, okay, that's fine, and I know it's not, then I try to get you in the back end. I don't, I don't think guys are out there like that. We could talk about Sergio in a minute, but I don't think guys are out there, uh, that's like that who would, you know, lots of benefit of winning. No, I agree. And, and but for any other sport, it's like, oh no, the ball went off me. The ball went off him. The ball went off him, even though it clearly went Basketball off you. Basketball and football. Right. And, yeah. uh, but I mean, I guess play by play with golf is so much more important. Every stroke counts. Obviously, yeah. every every stroke matters, and every placement of every ball from a, coming out of a hazard matters. Uh, not as much in basketball. Well, we looked at the guy who came out of nowhere, what is it, two weeks ago? Who, exactly. Who, he was nowhere around, then he wins. He was sitting at home as a fourth alternate. Right. So every stroke matter, and I go. I even go to the first day on Thursday of golf. You don't see these guys anywhere. R- rarely we see um, Tiger on the leaderboard. But then on Sundays, the guys who can play, the guys who can sustain those the marathon of golf, show up on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. and I think only four people have won at TBC Sawgrass twice. And Tiger's one of them. I think Fred Funk is one of them. Like a bunch of older names. There's nobody really in recent history. I played that course. It's, a, it's a tough course. And I, it's I'm just tough, tough for me. And I can imagine what the, well, it's for them. So imagine what it is for me. Yeah, like playing from the amateur tees and playing from the tips. No, I play from, well, yeah, I play from the tips. <laughs> I play from the tips everywhere I go. But um, 
it, it, it's a tough course because you want to pull your driver all the time, and when you do that, you get in trouble. You see the pros getting in trouble. Tiger Wood, what did he hit all week? A three wood and a five yeah, wood. He just hit stairs. Yeah. Yeah. Just three woods yeah. and five wood. How many times did you put in the water the first time at 17? If at all. Uh, I put it in the water. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the first time I played, I didn't. The uh, second time. I'm like beginner's luck, you think? Yeah, I know it was. Yeah. Exactly what it was. Because you don't know how difficult I, it I'm is taking, to hit that green. Yeah, I'm taking a club. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out why is it so difficult to hit a 122-yard shot. <laughs> and, and it is because on par threes, when you have a hundred and 60 yards, most times that's an approach shot through a, a round. Exactly, and yeah. I'm like, it's just an approach shot. Then hit the shot to get to the green. I don't care what's in front of me or what's behind the hole. I have the club to go the distance. But when it's so much, when it's mental and so much in your head about, they make so much about 17th hole at sawgrass. Yeah. Right. 17th hole sawgrass. It's supposed to be hard yeah. when they put it in your head. Somebody should have yeah. talked to Sergio about that before he, well, before Sergio, he clunked it three Sergio, times. I, I don't know if I can fault this guy because in that case, he was trying to win. He came back. So was Tiger. Tiger yeah. went par par. Right, and that's what Tiger, and that's what winners do. Don't make the mistakes when it, when you need when you need not to make a mistake. Right. Yeah, you I need mean, to pay under uh, yeah. play under pressure. And the thing that I mean, the thing with the with the island green is, if you miss the green, you can still save par on a regular par three. If you if you miss a uh, if you hit it in the water, you're at least mm-hmm. going you're at least shooting bogey. Well, he yeah. didn't take the drop. He didn't go to the drop zone, which would have been a better shot. But you know, he tried to ten cup it and say, "I'm gonna <laughs> drop it right here." It went over. But not enough. See, he was going right at the pin, which the pin was in a, a placement where it was win, lose, or draw. So he was he was trying to win that tournament on the first shot. And the and the, the mind freak about that is that that is the easiest green to putt on on the course. That Once is a, that, yeah, that yeah, is a flat green. <laughs> so a twenty five footer there is is almost a makeable. I mean, it's a more high, higher percentage of makeable putt than than a normal twenty five footer. You just got to get it there. It's not, it's not about making the distance because the distance isn't that big a deal. It's right. hitting the mark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so interesting. So Sergio, the the other controversy was Tiger messing with his clubs uh, during Sergio's backswing. It came out today that Tiger initially had said that a marshal told him that it was his time to go, and then a marshal came out today and said, "I said no such thing." Right. So I don't see Tiger, and this goes back to etiquette. I don't see Tiger as somebody that would lie about it. I mean, with Sergio, where's the benefit? Yeah, I don't know. Well, what, oh. you see the benefit. You, you see your your opponent hitting in the woods. Okay, well you know when uh, when you're playing with Tiger, you expect not just him to hit great shots. The most thing you can you should expect when playing for Tiger is the crowd that's following him. Yeah, whether right. they like exactly. him or not, Cindy. Exactly. Whether they like him or not, <laughs> expect those guys that's gonna follow him. That's what you have to deal with. That's right. how Tiger won a lot of his events because people wasn't used to playing with him on Sundays. Right. That crowd never followed them during the rest of the week, and then on Sunday it's a different ball game because if Tiger's hitting first, and most times he's hitting first, they just follow him. You know, he moved to the side, and once that guy hit, they just follow. So he never get a chance to concentrate on his ball flight, uh, the feel of his shot, and what he's doing for the next shot. Right. So it's, it's more so the crowd, and Sergio knows better than that. He's he doesn't want to be successful. He the closest he came to the number one was number two, which is not a bad deal. But you go back to the field. Nobody wants to be a rival to to Tiger Woods. You look at Roy McIlroy. He said it'd be insane or an insult to try to make me a rival to him when this guy has 14 majors. Mm-hmm. And that was the smartest thing I heard from a golfer, even though he's not ready. I think Roy is, he'll have 10 majors. I, I would like to see him with 10 majors when he get done. But he's not, no, there's no rival to Tiger. Phil, the media try to make the rivals. The media try to make Phil one. They try to make Sergio, Sergio one uh, when he was 21, 22. Um, and I was looking for that same rivalry. Like, I was happy that he said what he said when he said, I don't like the guy. I, I'm all for that. Well, that's an honest comment. That's an honest comment. Yeah, I'm okay I don't with like that. But I don't, I don't, me too. But don't, it, don't beg, he practically beg, in my opinion, to not be in the last group with Tiger when 
everybody wants to see that. Now the rules are the rules. The guy they they put them right. They put them in the right order. But I would not account a Tiger Woods pulling out a three wood or five wood, regardless what the marshal says, and then blaming that shot on me because the crowd roars. The crowd roars all over the course. You can hear them. On the next hole, somebody might make a birdie that's following their favorite player. You can hear that noise. So what is it, me playing with Tiger now, that him pulling out a club and crowd going crazy, that that messes up my shot? You know how to wait when you're playing with Tiger. Well, that makes me question, too. Tiger always says he doesn't want to come to the Phoenix Open because it's too loud and it's too crazy. But that's what his light, everywhere he goes, his entourages are loud and crazy. Yeah, but I mean, uh, did, did, did somebody a pull a gun? Yeah, and a knife. I know it was a knife. Okay. How so, many years uh, okay. ago was that's that? A, that's a wrap. That was a one-time random He doesn't, random have, he doesn't have, have to go anywhere. It happened. This, is, this golf tournament is is not... Uh, on the circuit, it's one of the first ones. It's one of the, it's one of the big first ones around Super Bowl weekend. It's it's not one of the first big ones, but it's around Super Bowl and all that stuff. There's a bunch of hoopla. He doesn't have to go anywhere. It's the same he can only play. He can only play majors if he wants to. He has this more money than, than he knows what to do. This is a he, fan participate. He's never been a fan person. Never. He plays tournaments based on his schedule and when he needs right. to rest and when he wants to play. Maybe he wants to watch the Super Bowl. And, and you guys question why I don't like him? Why? Why? Because what that's, that can't that's be strategy. It. That can't be it because he's played seven rounds, seven uh, tournaments this year. He's won four. Yeah. This is it. You can't not like him for that reason alone because I can put myself in situations to win, lose, or, f- or fail. Oh, well, win, lose, or draw. <laughs> I can put myself in those situations. I don't have to play the TPC when I know how it is, and I know a knife has already been pulled out there. Now, if I ask for extra security, now you're going to think I'm some other type of and, guy, and you're not going to like me for that. And you I never, also you're think, never going to win with Tiger. I maybe. also think that that's Phil's tournament. This is Phil's tournament. Everybody loves I, Phil it here. Should be. So he's like, I don't want to compete with that. I'm Tiger Woods. I don't have to. What? Having having said that, we have to take a break. We'll be back in a minute. We're going to get down and dirty with Deborah Kwame Lasseter, Sports Talk. Flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Uh, 
we got a full house now. Alex Clancy, Kwame Lasser, Deborah Debris, Cindy Liska in studio. We were talking about Tiger, a little Sergio, and that will pave the way right into Down and Dirty with Deborah. All right. So one of the things I wanted to bring up talking about Sergio, and it really goes across the board, but he just happens to be a living, breathing example right now. Um, in my new book that's coming out in July, I've got a section that's called The Ten Pissy Sissy Behaviors. <laughs> and this again? is The Ten Pissy Sissy Behaviors. Afterward by Kwame Lasseter. Yes. <laughs> Actually, Kwame's in the book. I forgot to bring it in that I mentioned okay. him in it. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a good place. It's under the down and dirty Deborah, with Deborah segment. But anyway, one of the behaviors is called Give Him the Finger. And in, under Give Him the Finger, I talk about blaming and complaining and how it's so much easier to point the finger at somebody else and blame them for your own problems when actually what you should be doing is admitting what's really going on and then taking care of it. Part of the problem with blaming and complaining is it starts to become a habit, and that's what we're seeing with Sergio is he's repeating the same behavior over and over again, and it's not resolving the problem, and the problem is he needs to learn how to focus. He needs how to learn how to play his game instead of worrying about what anybody and everybody else is doing. Just like Kwame said earlier, Tiger is Tiger. He's going to have a certain crowd following around him. There's going to be noise. There's going to be things that Tiger can't even control. Uh, Sergio needs to focus, as any of the rest of us do, on what is it that we need to do right now. He needs to be able to create his zone, understand that the stressors are going to be there. He needs to admit to the stressors that he's having and then prepare for them, have a pre-planned routine of how to get focused in the moment, under pressure, and stay in his zone. When I work with golfers, they don't step over their ball until they are fully committed and trusting their shot. And at that point, there is nobody else on the course in any place in the universe. It's them and the ball and the course, and that's really where the game is. What I see with Sergio right now is he's carrying a lot of resentment from several years ago even. Tiger, is, as any of us, can make two um, two choices here. He can either forget it, which he may have done, or he can use it to fuel him. And I see that it's fueling Tiger right now. Um, so Sergio is losing in on several cases, not only in his own court of not being able to focus, but he's also fueling Tiger to be able to play better. This can happen if you look at what happens at home with your kids. You start hearing them blaming and complaining. You need to be able to ask the questions to get to what are you going to do about it. What can you control? What can't you control? Let's get focused on what you can control and then resolve that part of it because we can't control what everybody else is doing. Same thing at work when you have people walking around blaming and complaining about stuff. Figure out what are you going to do yourself in order to either ignore the problem or fix the problem, but you're the only one who has control over it. So quit the give them the finger behavior and uh, take responsibility. That's interesting because with golf, it more so than anything, I mean, I guess with team sports it applies as well, but golf holds you the most accountable out of any other sport uh, on sh- moment by moment. And, yeah, I mean, and you've, you've preached this since day one on here about, especially with golf, is that it's only you out there, and it, it's so important to just block everything else out. And this is a prime example this weekend, what happened with Sergio, that uh, he didn't. Yeah, and, and it, caught, it caught him in the end. I mean, especially so after after the uh, the waving of the clubs and everything, he was tied going into seventeen. It wasn't like it screwed up his whole round. It screwed up his whole chance well, to win. Yeah. He was back at equilibrium there, it seemingly, and then he blew up again. Right. Well, they make a lot of comments, uh, and I, I had to think about this after hearing it a few times that if he got into a playoff with Tiger, he didn't want to be in that situation. I don't think he was. Uh, and it, it go back. I go to what Deborah said. Um, resentment. I think. Sergio does resent Tiger for some reason or another. It goes back to when they were younger. Right. And I thought Sergio, I don't know if I don't like Sergio. Sergio's a great golfer. 
He's a great golfer, but he makes too many excuses. When you're out there, you say something is just shooting the ball. It's, good. it's important to have a, a pretty good caddy who knows what he's doing. Uh, that's the only teammate you have. Uh, most times those guys do all the hard, hard work. I know mm-hmm. you got to hit the shot. They right. do all the hard work. The strategy. Uh, the strategy. Yeah. And, and it's good to have somebody who can calm you down. But when I when I golf and I can talk to anybody for as long as I need to or as uh, long as they want to, but when it's time to hit my ball, I just block them out. I don't right. hit them all. So when I hit a bad shot, I don't blame them. They was talking to me the whole time because – I got over that ball when I was ready. And that's what Sergio do not do. I mean, he had t- he had chances to win majors. I remember at the British Open that this guy, all he had to do was t- get it on the green two-putt, and he blew it. And he said somebody, with the, somebody was on the green too long. He had to wait too long. Exactly. There's always something. I had a golfer once when I was working with South Mountain Community College, their men's golf team, who is number one in the nation. Yeah. Um, and a couple of years ago, I was working with a couple of their golfers out on the course, walking the course with them. And one of the golfers was in, I'm going to call him Jim, that's not his name, but Jim was in the middle of the uh, fairway getting ready to hit his ball. And I was on the side talking to the other golfer. Jim looks up at me and I'm looking at him go like, what? He says, well, you're talking. I said, really? That's really going to disrupt you? So I walked right up on him. I mean, I walked out in the middle and stood there in front of him, <laughs> club length away, but I stood there in front of him. <laughs> and I told him, I said, you mean that you're not good enough to get that ball from here to the green just because I'm talking, that's a bunch of bullshit. You know, yeah. if you're not that, if you're not good enough, you don't belong on this team. Now, that's etiquette and, to golf, too, because y- you talking is not going to mess him up. But, you know, if he was playing in a football stadium, you expect a lot of noise, so you just block it out. And you play, When guys play in the golf, and I've heard this a couple of times, right. when they golf and they expect to be quiet, well, good luck I, with that. I, yeah, I do a whole lot of things to make people be quiet. Right. I just look at them for a little while and, like, <laughs> After a while, I just tell him, look, shut up. Right. For real, I just looking for a while, but you're right. You, you got to be ready to hit the ball when you're ready to hit the ball. Don't don't get over the ball because somebody's talking. Just wait till they finish talking. Yeah. Or- well, that's the thing. I ended up standing there, and he, I could see his whole body posture and everything changed because I told him, go back to what you know, which was some of the techniques to be able to get into the zone. He started doing that, and he looked at me with those eyes of like, I got this. So I backed up just a little bit, and I kept talking, and I kept talking like swing thoughts mm-hmm. you know, at him. And uh, he turned around and hit the ball. It landed exactly because I asked him a couple questions. Where do you want your ball to land? Well, I want it to land here. So exactly and specifically, how are you going to make that happen? You know, how are you going to focus? Let me see, you know, what's your trajectory going to be? You know, the length, you know, a number of questions to get him back focused. As soon as he did, he hit the ball. He hit it exactly where he wanted to, even though I was standing there in his face talking the entire time. Yeah, I mean, you got to think that the difference between Sergio and Tiger is yeah, Tiger's yeah. dad, yeah, in yeah, my yeah, opinion. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like they are yeah. both as talented. Well, I mean, Tiger Tiger does things that other people cannot. Sergio and his, was his just me- as talented as Tiger. When they came out, they came out pretty much together. Tiger was what, 30, I mean, uh, Sergio's 36 years old. Mm. You think that if he doesn't figure if he hasn't figured it out by now, now mm. that's it. Well, and, that's how they was raised, too, and you mentioned, you mentioned it. It's their dad. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, I, and when you said that, well, I was thinking the same thing, but when you said it, I, I would start thinking about what you said, Cindy. He's never been a fan favorite, so his dad's just told him to block everything out. Tiger doesn't see anybody on the course. Right. Uh, he probably just see his caddy at the most, but he visualizing every shot that he needs to make. So it seems like he's standoffish, and and he probably is. But you don't get to a point with certain with having not an arrogance about you, uh, and people don't like it because they're not like that way. If I like you, I want to be a fan. I want you to talk more. But that's not what you do. I like that's you because your job. You, yeah, that's your job. Yeah. Don't come in here and try to tell us how to run a radio show. You yeah. just come in here and listen and talk when you got to talk. I can't tell him his job out there, even though I'm a golfer. I can't tell that guy what I don't know what, what works he sees. For him. Yeah, I yeah. don't know what yeah. he sees. I've never been taught lessons, and I can shoot seventy. I can shoot scratch out there, 
But I play the way I play, and that's what he's done. He's been taught a different way mentally. Well, and his dad used to, I mean, wiggle the flag around, mm-hmm. I mean, do all sorts of things to potentially take him off his game. So he taught Tiger how to focus and yeah. be in the moment. On the other side of that, I'll bet Sergio's had a much more enjoyable life than Tiger. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think mm-hmm. uh, So, I mean, you have that as growing up, Tiger was a robot. Until he met Elon, he was a robot. He became a, and, a dumb and, robot. And it's interesting yeah. now how he's kind of evolved. Now he can have a successful relationship and get his mental toughness back. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I mean, Lindsey Vaughn is probably one of the most mentally tough athletes out there as well in her own field, so it helps. But it's interesting because it used to be golf or women. Right. I, don't, then, I don't know if he could talk to Elin about any sports. She was a nanny. Um, but I think he can talk to uh, Lizzie Vaughn about not about, just golf, but right. being competitive. Yeah. yeah, Competitive, what it takes to get to that point. She was number one in the world for a long time. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You, I could talk to somebody about You don't have to play the sport I play. But being competitive, I understand that. And she may be the ugliest person in the world if there's a such a thing. But she, he's attracted to the communication they can have about exactly what they it. do. They understand each other, so they can talk a similar language, even if they don't understand each other's sport, as you said. They still talk a similar language, which is the competitiveness and how to focus when you're in your sport and then turn it off when you're at home. And she also knows when to walk away, too. She gets when he's having a bad day. She gets when he needs... Because Whereas someone else would try to make, point. Elon yeah. might try to go in, not whatever, go try to help him. He's had a bad day. She wants to make him feel better. She wants to talk she's, to him. She wants to do whatever. A mother, girlfriend, Lindsay wife. knows exactly what to do when you're having a bad day or when you're having a good day. She knows how to react to his. Right. Yeah. Because I, I don't. I don't think any athlete. I can't speak for them, but you don't need a mother, uh, a wife, or a girlfriend to console you after a bad shot. I need somebody to tell me. How did I hit that bad shot? Right. Or what's going on? Help me what analyze. The, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I don't think athletes. I can't speak for them all, but nobody needs that. I need to know if I'm competitive and I have a passion about what I'm doing. What do I do next time to, right. to you, fix that? Can I get back in that moment and say, okay, I know what I did last yeah, time? Yeah. You go back into a training mindset where you're analyzing, looking to specifics. You know, not the judging, but right. figuring out what did I do right, what did I do wrong, and how am I going to fix it in the yeah. future? Now, yeah. segue, Deborah. We're going to need to talk to you about this. Holy uh, man, Titus Young. Uh, gets arrested for the third time in a week. Uh, we were talking about excuses, but go ahead. Yeah, and this is and this is something a little bit. This this puts into uh, puts into perspective how menial Sergio Garcia's quote unquote issues are. Titus Young gets arrested for the third time in a week. Uh, this time he breaks into somebody's house, not knowing people don't know what he was doing in there. I mean, he's this kid's a millionaire already, and he's twenty three years old. Uh, it comes out that he's been t- he's been prescribed an anti antidepressant Seroquel, which is used to treat bipolar and schizophrenia disorders. How, where did this come from? Like he went from Boise State. He lived he lived a great he did a great thing in Boise State with Kellen Moore. They were top five the whole time he was there. He comes out. He has a few really really good games with Detroit, and then in the off season, it just spirals out of control. But there's a thing you can look at some of the athletes, and I don't know if this is his case or not. But you, an athlete, can take out their aggression, can take out their um, depression, all those type of things when they're on the field because they know what to do. It's home to them. It feels comfortable for them, and they can they can do what's right in the moment when they're left on their own. It's just like prisoners. There are some prisoners that will, you know, do everything they can do to get back into prison right. because it's their oh, home. It's what know. they know. It's it is. Yep. Um, so it's the same it's type same. of thing. He, it, yep. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a, a way of, you know, screaming out and reaching out and saying, help me. And he doesn't know how to ask for help is part of it. And then the other side of it is he doesn't know how to handle that downtime. 
When, when I and, see guys like that um, coming from Boise, uh, we talked about him being that type of athlete, you know, generating millions of dollars or or making millions of plays. When I look at a guy like that who's now in trouble, and you you wonder why, and we didn't hear about this antidepressant drug or this by um whatever bipolar, he need yeah. bipolar uh, medicine that he needs now. That way, I, then I go back to I look at his young life. I look at his parents. Who was his parents? Oh, where was his dad? You can, you have to always trace that. You don't have to always, but I think it's a, a great, a, a better way to doing that and fig- figuring out who a kid is is finding out who their dad is. You know, some guys grow up and they don't, they have a single parent. Most times a single parent is a mother, even if there's two two parents in the household. Right. It's the mother is always there. Uh, speaking of that, happy belated Mother's Day. I think I'll text you guys. Yes. Uh, but, um, you find out how this kid was raised because it has no, no one just all of a sudden goes crazy. I mean, you don't just wake up one day. I'm crazy now. I'm gonna break into the house in six days. I'm gonna get arrested three times. Well, so he, I, I found out what his background is like before I started persecuting him. He did have a concussion in 2011. Mm. Do you think that? Oh that, yeah, I blame that. This is well. No, 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 no. No, listen. <laughs> I do. For well, it must be I mean, money. this is all. No, this is all <laughs> intertwined right. with football and concussions. Well, with the depression people only know, and those things. And, right. right, and people only know so much about concussions. Now we're learning more and more every day. No, Doctors, no, it's been everything. out. It's, you're right with what you're saying. It's, well, it's, it's it, being publicized right. now. You're right okay. with what you're saying, but it's it, it's been the NFL's known for ever. Uh, but they wouldn't put that information out because the product on the field was making millions of dollars. Exactly. So do you think that but that could potentially use, have something to do with you it? You can't. It, it possibly more than likely can be a factor into it. But you can't immediate. But you can't immediately say this guy got arrested three times. Oh, it must be concussion. Well, if you have to a, look at more because it I, could I, be a lot more than. I that. just got a source that said that that uh, drug is an atypical anti-psychotic drug. You don't put so people this on is that not, drug. So this is not you know Ritalin that he's taking. This is serious, serious medication. It's crack cocaine is what it is. And you don't put... How do you, you say it's crack? You, you don't put you, people on that how drug. How do you know that that's... Ritalin and Adderall is uh, crack cocaine. I, I, I'm saying it's not Ritalin. I'm saying this is an antipsychotic drug. So this is something that's, that's very, very stuff. serious. Yeah, that's some military stuff to brainwash you. You shouldn't put that stuff in. You should. No one should take a drug that alters who they are. Uh, you find out wh- who they are, where they're from, and, and how they got to this point. If there was a track record, it's easy to do that. But if he just all of a sudden wakes up and say... We didn't hear about this at Boise. I, di- I didn't, at least. But when he just come to the league and all of a sudden he goes crazy and maybe his lifestyle has changed, which made him crazy. You come into millions of dollars. You never had millions. Yeah. You come from a I've heard Sarah Qual is pretty. I've, I've heard Sarah Qual is pretty. Has it, it's a, pretty it's bad side effects. Yeah. It's, so, I mean, you look at this. Titus Young, you go to Boise State. That means inherently, in my opinion, that you've been a fighter your whole life trying to get trying to get playing time in high school, never trying, to get big schools to, trying to get big schools to look at you. That drive and that, that work ethic has to be there even to go to Boise because you're always the throwaway. From the Alabamas and the LSUs and all that stuff. So you go to Boise, you make a name for yourself, you work hard to get in the NFL, you do. It doesn't just switch on the drop of a hat. I won't argue with that, that's a good point. And it can. And it can only because... Well, you're proof positive. Oh. Undrafted and and you played eleven years in the NFL. You have to drive hard the whole time. But they're not. not but they're not the though. same. I went person. to a great school. Yeah. Th- what we're talking about is a cocktail. We've got a cocktail of the background. We've mm-hmm. got a cocktail of the actual drugs that he's taken. We've got a part of the cocktail is the higher level of expectations that happen when you get into a sport and all of a sudden you're making the big bucks, and you know looking at 
who does he reach out to? You know, again, these players, one of the problems that I see repeatedly, whether they're trying to play better or whether they're trying to deal with the transition going into or coming out of or moving to another team within the game, is that there's the pressure that goes along with it, and they don't reach out to somebody and say, I need help, and here's what's really going on. So we they, all- it can be covered up with drugs, but it's not getting to the core problem, of which background is part of the core problem. And we use uh, motivational tools. Um, you know, you... I'm not. I can't argue with you there because that makes sense to me about you going to Boise. So obviously, getting to Boise, you wasn't highly recruited. Uh, so now you get there and Boise. And I've been saying Boise should be ranked number one forever. Uh, you put those guys on the field and you promise them something and you do that thing. And now you're telling me I can't be number one because Alabama has a tougher conference. Well, you saw we saw what Boise did. When they played those schools, they beat them up. They beat Georgia. They beat Virginia Tech when they right. were top five. They, Every team they played in those four years first, there were a top but ten these team guys they beat. So Oregon. To, they had so much to prove, and now when they finally think they've arrived, and I don't know if this is the case, but when you arrive, you, you kind of relax and you get back to the mode. You, you can easily uh, regress back to uh, who you were when you was in high school that exactly. nobody really wanted to, and then you start doing crazy things because now you got an access to do it now. You, now you have funds to go out there and do something crazy. Yeah, and, and this reminds me of, so say he had this uh, disorder, uh, I'll use lately because I'm not exactly sure, it hasn't really come out exactly what he has or what he doesn't have. Chris Lofton was a basketball player at Tennessee. You played all four years. He was a four, he was an All-American uh, at Tennessee. He broke scoring records. He had, I think it was testicular cancer the whole time and didn't tell anybody mm. until he graduated college. So this reminds me of something that you cannot show weakness, obviously, especially in football. So this might all be coming to a head now with the concussion. I don't know if that if that it's took another, away any order, yeah, any sort of defense that he had mm. well, from himself to doing what he's doing now. But, but there's so many soon. things. Yeah, and I mean, I who knows? I mean, this, trust me, a lot more will matriculate later on. Because he might have been taking this. his medicine and we, know, we, we didn't see the um, aggravation that he's been causing or right. in his mm-hmm. and has been disruptive so he might have been on his medicine now he feel like and as an athlete and he's he reached the pinnacle of his sport i believe uh and at the position but as an athlete you feel like i don't need this medicine i have so he stopped i'm supposed to tough it out yeah, tough yeah. it out and now men who tough it out all the time usually find up dead or in some trouble yeah right. uh, in in certain cases Under their chest or so and, and to your comment maybe that was the case because i know i know a lot of guys more than I should that won't report an injury because they they want to play. Yeah. Mm. And, and I think it's crazy, but it's what the sport and the business made them do. Right. Yeah, cuz how they've been raised. Your book should be titled Next Man Up. Yeah. That's exactly what you're supposed to be. Right. Next Man say. Up cuz I I mean, I don't I believe you I believe some guys are hurt. I believe some guys are hurt, but if that next guy's in, why is he on the team? He should be just as good as I am or me him. So when it was when it was, when it was my turn to go out there and be a starter, then I just seized it. Some guys, and we we talk about Sergio. They don't want to be successful. They're scared to be successful because too much comes with it. Yeah, right. and yeah. It was, yeah. and it was never bred to be that type of guy. You mentioned Sergio had so much fun as a kid. I believe that. I think I believe he was a wild guy, and golf was just something he could do better than anything else. But Tiger Woods was not that guy. And he's making plenty of money. He's living the lifestyle. He's a single guy. He made, you know what? He's living, he's living the dream. Tiger's living history. He right made now, which a, is so different. Right, because there won't be a, a Hall of Fame for Sergio. No, nobody's going to remember us. Sergio in 50 years. I would remember that well, guy. Well, okay, you'll well, remember was, him, but he's not going to be in the upper echelon he's not of talent. Be, I watched Tiger Woods play. And then I can say, I oh, watched Sergio. But he, whatever happened to that guy, I, I tell you this. Because of Tiger Woods, Sergio has made so much money, and he's that's the guy he don't oh, like. Absolutely. A lot of those golfers. Yeah. And, and, and now, Sergio, he's made a lot of money over in Europe. 
He's made tons of money in Europe, but in the United States, he's made a lot of money because of the field that Tiger Woods played in. But that's the thing. If he would just shut up and play, you know, yeah. and accept the fact that he's coming in second, and if that works with him and that works with his lifestyle and he's happy with it, then good luck for yeah, him. Yeah, he came We're in all... eighth, first of all. Yeah. He lost He lost, He lost. lost $1.3 million right. because of that blow-up. $1.3, that is what... What was the guy Stop that it. came in second? So we were going to make down uh, their whole life. Uh, Linwith, what was his name? Linwith or something like that, Cindy. But he lost uh, a lot of money three-putting. And right, I was like, exactly. I said, man, just please two-putt and be second by yourself. That's a right. big payday for him. I mean, he would have woke up and had a million. Lingmurth. Lingmurth. What is it? Lingmurth. 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 He would have woke up the next day and had a lot of money in his bank account. Yeah, that right. would have been awesome for him. And watch out for Kevin Streelman. This kid has won once. He's been in contention. He's been in contention. And actually, I work with the guy who's best friends with him. And yeah. he's, I'm getting like updates on. He's he's starting to build some really really strong confidence in himself. And that's and all it takes. This right, is you, you've been exactly. around those guys. Well, look at look at where Webb Simpson came out of. He won the FedEx. He won the FedEx Cup uh, points, and, and nobody even knew who he was. Brant Snedeker came out of nowhere, and he's he's irrelevant, even though he blew up at the Masters. But these guys, it's, well, we're starting to see another wave of players. Snedeker, that are coming I'm, I'm in. waiting for him to be successful. He's always right there on the cusp. And I, I mean, one he time looks he, like such a golfer. He, and he, he is lost. a golfer. <laughs> and he lost, and he started crying. I, 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 we could say there's no crying <laughs> in sports, but yeah, I don't know. It's the emotions come out there. You praised. I think uh, there should be you praised. Who? I praised Bubba. For oh, crying after oh, hey, winning the Masters, they're gonna write. Because, it's a little bit different because guys, like we put the we put so much emphasis on hole number 17 as Sawgrass. They do the same thing with the Masters. The Masters, the pinnacle of all Masters. I don't think so. I don't think. I don't think it is. Not with everything that comes with it. I think the Masters just another. It's, the only thing about it's the Masters tradition. is tradition, and it stays in the same place. Yeah. Other tournaments right. move around. Right. Um, I would even say TPC could be a fifth major. Yeah, I was. And, and it is. And yeah, they, it is. It is. The fifth major being the fifth one. But I don't know where I put it in order as far as that is a tough course. You have to mm-hmm. just, just go walk it. Walk any course right. and see, well, you guys got to hit shots here. That's why caddies mm-hmm. are so important. They've got random. I remember one year um, it was a pine needles. They had, like, piles and piles of pine needles. I mean, there's, like, so many random. At the Masters? At Sawgrass. Sawgrass. TP Sawgrass. At yeah. Sawgrass. Yeah, uh, I used to kill it on Tiger Woods' uh, yeah, video but I, games. But me I used too. to shoot 63s right? all day. Me too. I, I, I just that was my favorite games. course. Well, at, at Kansas, I had one or two classes my senior year. So Ballroom dancing and <laughs> underwater basket weaving? No, I wish it was ballroom dancing. I wouldn't be <laughs> Drama. right here now. I'd be on... Yeah, dancing I'd be with a, the stars, you and Matt Liner. I'd be in New York right now somewhere dancing on stage. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, thankfully that didn't happen. Wow. Um, now I'm stomp. just in Vegas dancing on pole. Yeah. Now cool. I'm doing pole dancing. We need to. I know there's no easy transition. we got to talk NBA basketball. Cindy, I, I brought it to the third side. I brought Cindy it to the third side. Cindy wanted to talk side. about something, did she? Well, we can talk NBA first as long as you don't forget about me. Oh, well, you forgot okay. about right now. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Just forgot it in. Uh, the Heat take a commanding 3-1 lead against the Bulls. Um, no surprise. 88-65 last night. I Sorry, th- you know, the Bulls, you know, valiant effort. They've been playing really a seven-man rotation for the whole playoffs. And, and towards the stretch, stretch run, Luol Deng's out. Kirk Heinrich's out. Derek Rose, the baby's out. So, I mean, these guys have really, really shown a lot of intestinal fortitude to actually even play with the Bull, uh, to even play with the Heat up to this point. They beat New Jersey, who is uh, preseason supposed to be a top three team in the East. Yeah. And, you know, Jay Z blowing it up. Yeah. Well, that'll take some time. Uh, The Heat look like the real deal. uh, Dwayne Wade is hurt again. He's always hurt. So, here's the thing, and I've said this for the past six months, seven months, six months. Dwayne Wade has one good year left, if that. And when Dwayne Wade is done, LeBron James is gone. You out of your mind. 
It, not one. You say one good year. I, I one say, good one good year of scoring twenty you see the points suit or more. That guy left. Had on, he had a high water suit. You see that suit? Oh my god! He had a yeah. high water oh suit. My so you, you got to play more than one oh, year. Good. If you, if you wear, <laughs> just, wear, just to get over there. If you wearing that, you got you to play one more year because you got to come <laughs> back correct. Perez Hilton. What, this is not. This is oh not what we're talking about here. Oh, it was what so not funny. Holy crap! It was a tight suit. It was something you were wearing. Some homosexual tight suit. Oh, okay. High water pants. Yeah, high water pants. Not like the European style, but I've never again. I just call it the European style. Because Russell you put Westbrook. it on me, I guess I have. He, he's the worst dress. But then I or the best dress. Well, back to your back to your. Yeah, let's talk about the, <laughs> let's talk with the less important things. Actual sports. Dwayne Wade is always hurt, and I think the Chicago Bulls came out and took that game against the Heat at home because the Heat was sitting around for mm-hmm. seven days. It sure. is impossible to stay on top of your game. Sure. Well, I'd rather rest my guys, knowing that I'm a, having a great feeling that I'm gonna sweep through the first two games easily, Not, some somewhat easily. Those are grown men playing with a passion, but the Chicago Bulls. And, and, and your um, comment makes a seven-man rotation. You got a lot of guys that hurt. One guy I think is hurt is uh, Luau Dane. Yeah. Uh, Heinrich. Spinal tap. Spinal tap. He's yeah, hurt. so he's. Heinrich find a way to play, just like those other guys. Uh, who else? You got um, uh, Joe Kim Noah playing yeah. hurt. When, he, when they finished, they probably won't touch a basketball for four months. Yeah. Four months. But they're overmatched anyway. Even if those guys are healthy, it'll probably be a six-game series. Those guys just overmatched against the Miami Heat. Uh, and Dwayne Wade being hurt is no surprise. Think about how his career started. He was always – think about him at Marquette. He was always on the floor, always playing hard. He played hard every, every possession. But this guy hits the floor so much that how, how much can he take at this point in life? Now you have a guy in uh, LeBron James there, so he don't have to do all that LeBron stuff. LeBron is going to be gone when Dwayne Wade goes down. Uh, I'm yeah. just saying. Just the, the next year. Na- a, after next year, LeBron James is gone. Uh, let's move to Thunder and Grizzlies. <laughs> the Grizzlies take a 3-1 lead over the Thunder. Same case. No, no Russell Westbrook. This is exactly the same makeup of a team that LeBron had in Cleveland. And Kevin Durant is not as good of a leader, point slash forward, as LeBron is. And he's being exposed right now. Uh, I, I disagree because... LeBron uh, gets to the hole easier than Kevin Durant because LeBron weighs about, I think, 40 more pounds. He can take more contact. He can get more and ones, and he can finish when fouls are not called on him. Kevin Durant is not there yet. It's not the same makeup in this sense. Um, LeBron's never had help in Cleveland. Yeah, look Kevin, at the Kevin OKC Durant, team Kevin now. Durant has, he had help. And, um, and Michael and uh, Westbrook, Brian, what is his name? Westbrook, Russell. Russell Westbrook. I know so many Westbrooks, but he <laughs> has so many help in uh, Westbrook. But now he he's taking onus on doing this. He should have been doing this in the first place. He should have been the shooter, been the leader. But Westbrook, and we talked about it. I think everybody talks about how Westbrook needs to concede to um, Kevin Durant. And I don't know if that's possible. How do you tell a guy with that type of talent to concede to another man? Who's But we know who the best shooter on that team, the best shooter in the league is Kevin Durant. He's not willing to, you just not all of a sudden go saying, put everybody on my shoulder. That has to be a process. Why not? You just gotta, that's a process. He, he never built up to that because he let, he let, uh, You've been in the league four years. He let, and he can't just say, okay, he's been in the league four years, but he's been, had Westbrook, he had, um, what's Harden, uh, J- James Harden. He had help around him. The Bronze never had that help. So now he didn't have to put the weight roll on his shoulders. He should have did that in the first place to say the ball goes through me first. Like in New York, the ball goes through Melo first, and it should because he's the only pure shooter, the only one who can create his shot. But those guys around him, when you don't know you're a role player, it becomes hard, difficult to have a chemistry I when it's time. I understand. Now, I understand. He, now he, LeBron knew he was the, the guy to go to in, in, in Cleveland. 
he's never had any help, so he expected to shoot the ball. He expected to get the ball, shoot it about 30, 35 times a game, which is too much for one guy to shoot. But if that's your only, that's your only way of standing basketball games and even getting to the finals, just LeBron and the Cleveland uh, Cavaliers, that's what you do for, for as far as that team's concerned. But he's always had help in Oakland, in uh, Oklahoma. Okay, so when Russell Westbrook comes back next year, is he going to be the number two, even though he's the number no, one scorer in the league? Still, we talked There's going to have to be a change somewhere. I think so. He can't be the number two on a team. He has to be the number one. He who, has to be the number one player on the team. Who, Russell? Who, no. Russell? Durant. Has oh, to be I the agree. number one player I on the agree, team. But he Russell Westbrook won't let that happen. That's what I'm saying. That's what I've been saying. I understand. But something's going to have to change. He's going to have to take the reins at some point. Okay, and, we, and uh, here's a great example to that. Look at the Chicago Bulls with Michael Jordan. Everybody knew Michael Jordan was the guy. But Scottie Pippen was a superior athlete in his own right. But he knew that it was Michael's team. That's what I'm saying. When Westbrook and everybody, it's not just us talking about it. Everyone in the world is talking about how you tell a guy with that much talent to concede to another guy who has that much talent and not be the number one guy. It depends on, it comes down to the coach or the, or the general manager or the owner of that team to say, this is who we're building a team around. When you know who you're building a team around, then you know to get the guy the ball. Russell Westbrook could lead the league in assists. I agree. Instead of averaging 25 a game, stopped. average 19 a game, and 12, he can average 19 and then 15, they be 19 in the finals for three years straight 100%. Years. 100%. For three straight years, they've been in the final. 100%. But you uh, have to agree to be in that position. Absolutely. Just like when we talk about Scottie that. Pippen, those guys, that core team of the Bulls, they agreed at some level that that was the team that was going to play, so they played as a unit. Absolutely. As, even though and they Michael Jordan have, was the one that was As, as long as I can get my 19 points, uh, and, and I'm Scottie Pippen, or, and you're making a bundle, and yeah. And, and, I, and, I got six world, and, and I got six World Series rings. Yeah, yeah. I, I take my. Well, there's points. there's two first, as opposed to twenty two points. Yeah. So there's two main differences between them. One, Scotty Pippen came out of Central Arkansas. Okay, Russell Westbrook came out of UCLA. No difference. So it's it's very different no, in my opinion. And what? In, because Russell Westbrook has been a star, quote unquote. Scotty Pippen was a they star coming out of college. They traded up to get Scotty Pippen. I, I understand, and they traded up to get Russell. Oh no, they didn't. Anyway, I'm going to take that back. What'd you hear? And then the other thing is that Russell Westbrook was a shooting guard in college. He was the he was the J.R. Smith of UCLA that time. He was the instant offense coming off the bench, catch the ball and shoot it. Scotty Pippen has always been a three. He's always been an oversized small forward. Or in power forward in certain uh, certain respects, the main and the other difference is that you didn't need a point guard in the Chicago Bulls offense because they ran the triangle. Everybody brought the ball down the court. In, in traditional offenses, you have a point guard, and OKC has a shooting guard that's running point guard that hasn't learned how to be a point guard fully yet. So it's going to take some more time, and these kids are children still. I don't know. See, when I say that, it's, it's okay, but when I say they're children, the next thing you say, they've been in the league four or five years. I understand. Yeah, they have been in the league, and in the triangle offense, i only seen about three guys bringing the ball up, and they was considered guards. Now I've seen... Tony Kukoc I, used to bring the ball up, and he was 6'11". 6'11". That's because everybody keep it If you can keep it out of Jordan's hand, if you keep it out of Paxson's hand, BJ hand, who else going to bring the ball up? Because Tony Kukoc was a different athlete. The guy who had to guard him couldn't guard him well enough to stop him from bringing the ball up. Because you can't put a guard on Tony Kukoc. You can't put a guard on him. So it's a mismatch anyway. So if I can find a guy who can dribble a ball like a Durant. This guy's 6'10". He'll get there. 6'10". He can bring the ball. I can put him at point guard. I can put him at the number two, three. He plays anywhere on that basketball court. No, you're right, though. You're right with what you said. He hasn't had to take the lead role. And 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 because he he's had the talent around him, and I wish he would. I wish he'd take. Oh, what you laughing at? Okay, yeah, he's uh, still what? getting conversations around him, which is part of feeding the ego. Which everybody and, and, and he's starting to show some cojones like now. He's starting to show some emotion on the court. Russell Westbrook's rubbing off on him. I don't know if it's a good no, thing no. or a bad thing. Well, you wear short pants to get written up. Yeah, 
So uh, the really, media's running rubbing off of him. It's time to be the nice guy stuff. Don't work. Yeah, it don't right. work. No, you're right. It's not. Yeah, and right. I don't care who liked me after that. In. Yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to fit in for my. I'm trying to. When I get done with my career, I'm trying to have a championship yeah, and the, get close to one. So the other two games that are tonight, really quick, Cindy. I know I'm going to get to. I promise. Uh, Knicks Pacers. The Pacers are up two one, playing in Indiana. All game. Uh, yeah, I really think that Indiana is going to close it out right here. Go up three one. Carmelo is going to realize again that he needs to pass the ball, or they're not going to win. Uh, the Warriors, uh-uh. Spurs. This Disagree. is the most exciting. Wait a minute. Scene. Let's go to Knicks. Let's finish that real quick. We okay. got. You got something? You're going to forget about no, me. No, we won't. I so got one relax. minute. Let me get thirty seconds then on the Knicks. Go. This will be two Carmelo, minutes. Thirty seconds. Um, two minutes. Go. Carmelo. I'm trying not to cuss at you, but look. Uh, <laughs> Kick him. You're in one, uh, Carmelo has to shoot the ball. There's nobody else on the team that can create their own shot that's a pure shot. Everybody else has to be a role player. you got a defensive player, play defense. You've been a defensive player for three years in a row, I believe. Uh, play defense. J.R. JR Smith has to make shots. And when he gets the opportunity to make shots, he's a six-man in the league. Now, that could arguably that could go with anybody. We've seen Jason Terry and James Harden battle for that position, and we know uh, other guys should have had that. You have to be able to shoot the ball, and I think the ball has to go through Melo first. And then when that doesn't work, if that's not panning off for the Knicks and, and who's down 2-1 to Indiana, Indiana, and then they go and they play the same game there, I think now you start deferring to other people. Yeah, agreed, but you can do it through the offense. You don't need to, you don't need to do <laughs> isolation offense because you have two guys that shoot the ball a lot with J.R. Smith and Carmelo. So we'll see what happens tonight. My most exciting uh, series that I want to watch tonight is the Warriors and Spurs. Steph Curry going into San Antonio, tied 2-2. I believe whoever wins this game will win the series. And Steph Curry had an awful shooting game last game. So did Clay Thompson. Uh, but it'll be really interesting to see veterans versus pure young shooting talent. It, this will be. Who do you got? I if I agree with that. Whoever wins this game, um, it's a great chance of winning the series. But if you look at that, this two-two tied-up series right now, it could easily have been. Um, it should be over by now. Yeah. I'm talking about Golden State winning. They they gave up the uh, first game. They come back and win it in San Antonio. They go home and they lose at home uh, into a battle in the final seconds again. You're talking about a young team who doesn't know how to finish with all that talent. When those guys get mature, they get more learning how to play the NBA game. Uh, that's gonna be a strong team. They're gonna be warriors for real. And yeah. But then when you have the um, and then they come back in the fourth game and they go in overtime and they find a way to pull it off. That overtime game is is huge for them because they can see how to finish games against and uh, three Hall of Famers on on one team. They can see how to finish the games and pull it off, whether you at home or on the road. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. If they will examine what happened and be able to implement that in their own game, that can benefit them huge. Absolutely, and I really hope to see Golden State come out of this. Because if you get Golden State and Memphis, Golden State can make the could make the finals. They can make the finals. What, this is the, the most unprecedented thing that I've seen in recent history in the NBA. How did Mark Jackson not get Coach of the Year? Uh, because great, because George Carl is really good at making the playoffs and losing in the first round for like twelve <laughs> years in a row. So how did Mark Jackson not get Coach uh, of the Year? Because they didn't. I, I, you know, I don't know. Okay, I don't know. How did Marcus Saul win Defensive play, and, uh, Player of the Year and not make NBA All Defensive First Team? Right, that doesn't crazy. make any sense. It, it, Cindy, you're on. Oh, we're done now. We oh, go. oh, yeah. So, <laughs> go ahead. Man, there's Come so much on, Here pressure. we go. So, J-Hap, got, uh, pitcher, got hit with a line drive concussion. Two questions to that one. First of all, they're talking about helmets, some sort of head protection for pitchers. They're never going to use them. Nope. What do you do to protect the pitchers? Second of all, when he got hit, the ball is live. The guy's obviously, the the medical staff wants to go out and attend to him. He's laying on the ground bleeding. They have to wait until there's a dead ball. Mm-hmm, that's right. Yeah. And meanwhile, um, Desmond Jennings is running to third base. Yeah. 
Well, the so, guy don't know how he doesn't know how serious it is who's hit who hit him. So can, he's running. I don't. Guy's been hit. Well, with I don't. I don't fault him. But the fact that the, this guy's bleeding from his head and clearly, I mean, you could hear the sound. The sound of it. I don't know if you guys saw it at all. Mm-hmm. But the sound of the ball hitting his head was like when what's his name broke his leg. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's you can hear it. What do you do to protect these guys? Because obviously they're not going to wear helmets because hockey players didn't want to wear visors when they were losing retin- eyesight well, and those guys stitches. Who, who and don't wear them was grandfathered in to not wear them too. And they helmets wear them. they yeah. did, but yeah, the helmets. visors they weren't. Two things. One, hockey is very different because people are sliding, using their body to block the puck from going in the goal. Baseball, the ball is palm size. The pitcher throws the ball, say, 100 times a game. 100 miles okay? per hour. Say 100 times a game the ball is thrown. There are 30 however many teams. There is 162 games. The chances of a ball coming square back and hitting a, a pitcher in the head happens, what, once a year? I don't know. So I, it's a, like a, it's, a good hitter can uh, – I can hit a pitcher if I want to hit a pitcher. It depends on when he puts that ball. Yeah, a good hitter I, can place a ball. Okay, so how many times does it happen a year? How many times does it happen a year? Once, well, I don't, twice, I the numbers. twice. Okay, yeah. so that's like less than a tenth of a percent. So you of saying the time. one life or two lives uh, to a pitcher? Nobody's head. died by getting the ball in the head. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's, it's part one, of, it's part one of the first game. base coach to die, and that all the all the base coaches are now wearing helmets. Okay, but that's the yeah. way our society is done with sports. If, if say say you tear your ACL in football, they don't stop the play. But. No, and my point isn't, I, I understand the argument that you're making. However, my point isn't that, one, is that they want to make them make it, but it's the player's mentality. The hockey players did not want to wear visors because the reflections of the glass, they it it, 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 it um, ha- hampered their play. Right. Same thing that the pitchers are going to say. They don't want to wear it because it's going to... Well, that's why we wear visors in football, like right. dark visors. Uh, you, can, you can do that, but I don't know... I, I don't play hockey. I don't know how well the lighting is or what you see those pucks. Those pucks are going 100 miles per hour also. Um, and I think those guys should wear face protectors. You get hit in the face with a hockey puck when it's just been done. It could be lights out right there on the spot. Pucks, the same, sticks, anything. That's yeah. the same thing. And they, yeah, people get hit in the face with sticks on purpose. Brian Berard took a stick to his eye and has like 2,400 sight and can't, couldn't play hockey anymore because right. he couldn't but see. Going back to your point, I think the the – what we're looking at is that the competitive nature of any of the sports is the guys and gals aren't going to do what's going to take their competitive nature away. Just right. like the guys in football will, they've got pads to wear, but they're going to take and cut down their pads so they can have more flexibility to play. Yeah. Put a helmet on it, sure, but put a helmet on me, but still let me get out there and give me a helmet that works that I can still go out there and play and I'll take my chances. Yeah, and the last thing you want as a pitcher is something fumbling around your head when you're trying to get your emotion down because it's I, so succinct in what you're trying to do. I, the percentages sure. are with the pitchers for not getting hit every time they throw the ball. These freak occurrences that happen everywhere. Because literally, balls will come up at the pitchers a lot, but it's square on in the face when, when when they're open, you know, when you follow through and you open to, to field the ball. That happens so rarely that you can't implement a rule. It's it's part of the game. It, it has, well, the chances of a, a third baseman getting hit in the face or something like that with a screamer down third baseline is much... They have more reaction time. Yeah, they, they have more they're reaction time. They're prepared. They're waiting they, for that ball okay. to First of all, they better, they better oh, athletes. Oh, that means it's time to go. they better athletes and they way more. They got more reaction time. Call me Lasseter Sports Talk. Thanks, D, for the heads up. Uh, we'll see you guys uh, <laughs> no, you We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> for tuning in this week. Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.